Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of the day it is you have come upon this teaching. I am uh, recording it live, but uh, I know that, uh, of course, you're able to watch at various times. But uh, welcome to the Bible teaching ministry of A Love Outreach. We are continuing to work our way through the book of Acts in this study today. So please go ahead and open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 12. And uh, we're going to try to make our way through this whole chapter here. Um, as I always say, if you uh, haven't heard our other teachings in the book of Acts or many uh, other of our other teachings, you can listen in audio format on various uh, podcast platforms um, such as iTunes and Amazon and SoundCloud and such. Um, we have over 300 audio teachings out there uh, on those platforms. Um, and if you can find us on YouTube, of course, by searching for A Love Outreach, what I am broadcasting live on right now is YouTube. Uh, but also on those podcast formats, you can find us under the name of A Love Outreach as well. But let's go ahead and jump right on into our verses for today. Uh, Acts chapter 12. It says, Now about that time, Herod, the king, stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Now, it's important to note here in verse 1 that the king, Herod, was targeting a certain group of believers in Jesus. The Greek word used there for the word some that you see in verse 1 uh, it's the word tis, T-I-S, and is how we would spell it. But it implies that it was not all of the church that Herod was going after. He was kind of specifically targeting uh, certain people. And as we read on here, we'll see that it seems that he wanted to go after the leaders, the apostles themselves. Because verse 2 tells us, then he, then he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. So he's really targeting these apostles here. And just a quick note here, um, that Jesus had two apostles named James. And as we get further into the book of Acts, we will see that the other apostle James is still active in the church. So don't confuse that James with this James that was beheaded here. But still speaking of Herod the king, verse 3 says, And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, that is that he killed James, right? He proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now, it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. So Herod was very uh, calculated here in his desire to kill yet another leader of the church. He wanted to wait till Passover was over. Because as the text states here, he wanted to please the Jews. And to kill Peter during the Passover could have possibly caused too much uh, commotion and upset the Jews that he did it during that time. So he just arrested Peter and he held on to him for a while. Okay, And Peter, verse 5 says, Peter was therefore kept in prison. But... Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. So what we see here 
is that the other believers in Jesus, the body of Christ, the church, right? They had heard, of course, about the arrest of Peter. And knowing about the recent killing of James, they went into some very fervent prayer, right? The reason I say that it was very fervent, fervent time of prayer is because of the fact that the word constant that you see in uh, verse 5 there is the Greek word ectines, ectines, right? And it's a word that means without ceasing, okay? So when you see that constant there, it means without ceasing, and, and, and it means stretched to the max, okay? Um, so it's interesting here in verse 1 that Herod was stretched out to do evil, Okay? And the believers are stretching out to bring their prayers before the throne of God. You see, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. right? And, and Herod's doing something, stretching out to do something physical. The body of Christ is stretching out to do something spiritual. Okay? You know, in this world, we have all kinds of trials, don't we? Various trials. I know I do, right? And, and especially if you desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, you will suffer persecution and you will suffer trials in this life. And we're told in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 12 and 13 that all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And that evil men, it says in those verses as well, it says that evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you see, that's the reason that we must stay the course. We must stay focused on Jesus, focused on the Word of God. You know, Paul told Timothy to continue in the things that he learned from the Holy Spirit. Or, excuse me, from the Holy Scriptures, he told him. He said, continue in the things that you have learned from the Holy Scriptures. As, as we see this world today getting more and more evil and stretching itself to the max to progress the ways of evil, to progress the ways of perversion, right? We need to counter that in our own lives by stretching ourselves out to the, to the max to remain in godly living, and to be people of prayer, battling against the schemes of the devil. And that's what we see, the contrast here in these first few verses that we're reading here in Acts chapter 12. The evil's doing this, the church is doing this, right? You see, God has a reason for each and every day that we are given here on this earth. And the test for us is whether or not we are going to keep the faith, fight the fight, or are we going to give up and give in to this world? But let's read a little more here in verse 6. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. 
And as his chains fell off his hands, and his chains fell off his hands, it says, Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and, and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. Now, remember back in Acts chapter 10, we read how Peter saw a vision. So that was something common. So this is what he thought he was doing here. When they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. So, wow, this is a pretty amazing event right here, isn't it? God wasn't done with Peter yet. There was more for him to do, and it didn't matter one iota how many chains were on Peter. And it didn't matter how many guards were surrounding him or how tightly he was locked down or that iron gate that they had to face. How was that going to open? None of that mattered when God's will was being done. And God's will will be done in your life and in my life when we are committed to the will of his kingdom. Not our own will, but his will, right? You know, as one reads this chapter of Acts here, you might wonder, why wasn't James spared? Right? Did the church not earnestly pray for him when he was arrested? Well, the Bible doesn't give us that information, but the work of the kingdom of God, the work of the spreading of the gospel, again, is all about God's will being done and not our own will being done. Again, we can look and say, I don't get that. Why wasn't James spared? Why was Peter spared? We can look at that in our own life and say, well, wait a minute. Why does he have that, she have that, or he's doing that, or she's doing that, and I'm not? You know, whatever it may be, right? But you know, I mentioned this last week, but again, I want to stress this to you today. It's his kingdom come. His will be done. Okay? And this should be the focus of our hearts. And if it's not, I encourage you to make it the focus of your heart. That, it, that your life be about the kingdom of God. That that's your priority. That you're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That that's your focus. Not about your own will being done. Not about what you want. Not about what you comprehend or understand. Like I said, as we look at James and Peter, one's spared, one is killed. Right? If you're a person, though, whose life is committed to the will of God, then you must always be surrendered to the way that he orchestrates things and to the fact that he does it in his timing and in the way that he desires to do things. And that's difficult. That's why we have to press on in the faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. And the work of the Lord through the apostle James was finished in regards to what the Lord wanted to accomplish through him while he was on the earth. If it wasn't finished, James would have been spared as well. But that wasn't the case for Peter at this time. The Lord wasn't finished with him. And I'll go ahead 
now and show you some scriptures that show maybe why the Lord still wanted Peter to be alive. He had something for him to do. If you remember when we studied the book of Acts chapter 10, Peter was summoned to come to the home of a, a non-Jewish Gentile man, uh, a man named Cornelius, right? And 15 years after that encounter at the home of Cornelius, so in Acts chapter 10, 15 years later, Peter will have the opportunity to stand up and testify about what happened at Cornelius' house in order to benefit the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Now I'm going to show you that. Again, 15 years will go by now as we turn up from Acts chapter 10. I'm saying 15 years will go by until we get to Acts chapter 15. So go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 15. So just be a few pages up, a couple pages up from where you are, Acts chapter 15. And I want to start reading in verse 1. It says, And certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, Unless you are circumcised, according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. So that's what they're saying, right? And these are some pious men, and they're spreading a false doctrine. Okay? They're adding something to salvation based on the tradition of their religion. And this, of course, still happens in our day and age as well. Okay, And the very fact that they had come down from Judea, where the center of the church was at that time, made it seem that maybe they had some authority in what they were saying. Because of where they came from. They came down from Jerusalem, you know, and, and they're, maybe, maybe they were right. But as we read on, it says, Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, describing the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy to all the brethren. So they were doing something good along the way, right? And when they had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all things that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed rose up saying, it is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. So now we get a little more insight here as to what was the root cause of this whole problem that, that has, a, uh, has arose here, right? It was some Pharisees whom even though these particular Pharisees had come to faith in Jesus, they were seeking to add some restrictions on what had to be done in order to be saved. So who knows what was in their hearts here, okay? Maybe they, they still just couldn't deal with the fact that so many Gentiles were coming to faith in Jesus. Could have been that, or, or maybe they just couldn't let go of their traditions from the law that they were once under. It's more likely probably that, but we really don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. 
what was, what was in their hearts, so we can only speculate. But again, just like all of us, if we're all honest, right, we all have growing to do, right? And we have growing to do as it relates to our relationship with the Lord, our walks with the Lord, and of the knowledge of His will. And we must keep in mind as we walk through this very temporary life by faith, right, that we are all still growing and maturing in the Lord. When we read the Bible like this, we're reading about real people, okay? They're not really what we would term as saints. You know, they're just like you and me, these men, these people. They're growing in the Lord. They have growing to do. We saw it in the life of Peter in Acts chapter 10. He had to get rid of some prejudice. He had to get rid of some traditions, some things he thought. He had to learn and grow. And that's what these men here are doing, right? And God is doing that in us. See, he has begun a good work in us, and he will be faithful to complete it. But we need to be faithful to him to stay the course, right? So the story continues, verse 6. Now the apostles and elders came together to consider this matter. Again, they're talking about the matter of circumcision being necessary for salvation, right? And when, when there had been much dispute, verse 7 says, Peter rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, you know, about, you know that a good while ago God chose among us that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So he's talking about what happened 15 years ago back in Acts chapter 10. So Peter is saying here, hey, look, come on, guys. Keep in mind what the Lord has done and what the Lord is doing, right? Peter is bringing to their remembrance, again, that's those circumstances back at the home of Cornelius. Verse 8, so God who knows the heart, Peter says, acknowledge them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us and made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? So these guys were falling back into the law by bringing up circumcision, right? That's what they were doing. And Peter says, the law was too much for us to bear. Why should we now try to put this burden on these Gentiles that have come to faith in Jesus Christ, had the Holy Spirit come upon them, and are now part of the church, right? Verse 11, But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved in the same manner as they, right? In Jesus, there's no Jew, no Gentile, male, female, none of that, right? It's all about salvation of the soul. Then all the multitudes in verse 12 kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul, declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. Again, just like with Cornelius' household, a wonderful thing was taking place. Paul's testifying of the same thing here, right? And let me remind you as to why I'm, I had you turn here, and I'm pointing out this story to you. 
I simply want to point out to you that um, had Peter died around the same time that James did back in Acts chapter 12 that we're studying today, Peter would have not been there to come to the defense of Paul's ministry here in chapter 15 and point out something very important as it related to the Gentile believers, right? So again, as I've mentioned in past studies, God is indeed in the details of our lives. Not always in our timing. Or should I say rarely ever in our timing. And the waiting is hard. This is why patience is a fruit of the Spirit. So often we just want to cry out, what are you doing, God? Are you doing anything at all? Do you even see my circumstances? Do you even see what's going on in my life, God? But the plan of God is grand for our lives. It's beyond our comprehension. He's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or even can imagine according to his power that's working where? Within us, his power that works in us, right? And again, we have to have faith. We have to walk by faith and we have to press on in faith. Have you committed yourself to the kingdom of God? Do you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength? And does your life, the way you live, reflect that fact? If so, then indeed all things work together for good, even those things that don't look good to you and me. It's the good of His kingdom that His will is being done. Okay, It's, it's, it's not our own selfish will. The Lord God is with us, but it is faith that pleases Him. So we're constantly going to go through situations in this life where we're being tested as to whether we are going to persevere in the faith or whether we are going to press on in the faith or, or are we just going to throw in the towel. Many people do that. You hear about it all the time. Many people denounce their faith in the Lord when they don't think it's going the way they think it should or when they think their thoughts are higher than his thoughts, or their ways are higher than his ways, right? So we see James beheaded, we see Peter spared. And we can say, oftentimes I feel like James, I'm about to be beheaded. Or like Peter, he was on the verge of being beheaded himself, right? Herod's intent was to kill him. So go ahead and flip back to Acts chapter 12. And, and I just want to stress one more time to you, man. It's easy to get depressed. It's easy to get down. But we have to say, is this life about my kingdom or his kingdom? Is it about my will or his will being done? And it's not easy. Again, a life of faith is hard. It's far easier to walk by sight 
than to walk by faith. It's far easier to make decisions in life by sight, by what we see, our circumstances and such, rather than to press on into faith. True faith, a life that is completely committed to the Lord, is indeed the road less traveled, the road most abandoned. Right? It's the narrow path. And it's often a lonely way. But it is the only way. James died in the Lord's timing. Peter lived on for a while. What the Lord does in and through the lives of one of us may not look identical to what he does in and through the life of someone else. But he is the Lord nonetheless. And again, his ways are much higher than our ways. I'm sure Peter, as he's spending X number of days, whatever it was, in a prison cell, in total hopelessness that he could escape, he's locked down, secure, guards all around him. He's hopeless. There's no help for him. He's helpless. You know, there's, he thought for sure that his fate would be the same fate of James, I'm sure, right? It seemed, at this time, it seemed as if Herod had all power. All power and all control for what was going to be done was in Herod's hand. He already killed James. Now he's got Peter locked up, right? It's like it was Herod's will being done. Oftentimes I've found that the present circumstances of my life have led me to believe that the Lord isn't working. It seems that way, right? You ever felt that way? But that comes about when we observe our circumstances by sight rather than by faith. A faith that is based on the Holy Scriptures, that is, right? Yes, the time will come when the Lord is done with our work here on the earth, but it will be in His timing, and not the timing of the things around us or the people around us. Like again, like again it seems Herod was in control right now, right? But verse 11 goes on, and when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Right? So they all wanted him to be killed. They were pleased at what happened with James. Herod wanted him to be killed, but he saying, I was delivered, right? It wasn't a dream. It wasn't a vision. It was the work of the Lord. Peter now knew that he had more to do on this earth. It was not yet his time to go. It says there that Peter came to himself, we just read. Have you ever looked back on a hard time in your life when you thought there was no hope? And, or maybe you're going through something like that right now. But you look back, though, on the past experiences and you, and you realize through the eyes of hindsight, right, that the Lord pulled you through it, that you got through it. But the harder the times get, the harder it is to continue in the faith. But when you get through the hard times, you always come out stronger in your faith. This life is full of the testing of your faith. The testing of our faith produces patience. 
And patience has a work that it is doing in perfecting us in the faith. Are you going to patiently wait on the Lord? Are you going to continue to cry out to the Lord, continue to seek the Lord? That is going to build you up in your faith as you do. Peter will indeed one day die for his faith in the Lord. And this experience here, though, bolstered his faith for the arrival of that day, I'm sure. But here is Peter back out on the street, and verse 12 says, So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. So Peter's first thought after his freedom was to run to the prayer meeting. Okay? It's good to gather with other believers, right? And verse 13 says, And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. Pretty amazing moment here in this young girl's life, right? She's beside herself. She knew that Peter was in prison and that there really wasn't much hope for him. She knew that the prayer meeting was all about that on that night, right? And I'm sure she was bustling with joy in her heart And she could barely believe her ears upon hearing the voice of Peter. But she she wasn't the only one that night struggling to believe this. Verse 15 says, but they said to her, you are beside yourself. In other words, you're crazy, girl. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it is his angel. So we really don't know what they were praying, you know, that night at the home of Mary. You know, I mean, in other words, were they praying for Peter's release? Were Were they praying about, oh, now how do we go on without Peter, even though he's not yet dead? Had they given up? Were they praying, what's the future here now? We really don't know because the Bible doesn't give us that information. But here they were in disbelief. Peter must be dead, they're thinking, and Rhoda must be seeing a spirit because there was no way that Peter was getting out of that situation. There was no way he was going to be delivered from that. They, they, they didn't see any hope in that. And so often, even in our prayer time, we too can feel this way, can't we? But if the Lord's will is for something to happen, then it will be done. And again, that's how we must pray. Your will be done, Lord. Verse 16, now Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. You know, sometimes answered prayer persistently knocks on our door. But oftentimes we can be too focused on ourselves to see that answered prayer is there. Or that there is a way to escape, right? This couldn't be Peter at the door here. That that was impossible. But what is impossible within our own mindset is nothing to God 
when His will is being done. And oh, if we could just align or just realize, you know, that when we are in Christ, we have the mind of Christ. We can be submitted to the will of God, but we must walk by faith and not by sight. And sometimes if we could just open the door, we will see with our eyes the will of the Lord being done. Go ahead and mark this page again. I want to have you turn with me here just for a couple moments to the book of Exodus, the Old Testament book of Exodus. It is the second book from the front of your Bible. And I want you to find uh, Exodus chapter 14. And just to set the scene right here in this chapter, the children of God, the children of Israel, were in despair about the circumstances of their lives. They were like Peter in a place where it seemed impossible for them to escape. They were trapped. They were their backs were against the wall, and they were about to be killed. They were about to be destroyed. But you know, the traps of this world have no effect on the will of God either. And if you look down with me at verses 13 and 14, well, let me read verse 13 to you here. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. You see, with the Lord, there is always a way. Always a way of escape. Always a way for his will to be done. Don't look to that which you can accomplish right? We need to line up our will with the will of God or submit our lives to the will of God. Peter and the believers that were praying for him, just like the children of Israel, thought they had no escape, but they just needed to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And back in Acts chapter 12, Peter indeed saw the salvation of the Lord when he saw the angel of the Lord. And the prayerful believers saw the salvation of the Lord when they finally opened the door and saw Peter standing there. There is never a place where all hope is gone. Even James had hope while being beheaded because James went directly into the presence of his Lord and King. Hope is never lost because death has no sting. And as we turn back, let's go ahead now and turn back to Acts chapter 12, verse 17. It says, but motioning to them, speaking of Peter, but motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought them out of the prison. And he said, go tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. Now, that, of course, would be the other James, right? Then as soon, verse 18, then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. 
But when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. So Herod indeed was a loser. He had no power when it came to the will of the Lord. It was not the will of Herod being done here. It was the will of the Lord being done. Herod thought that he was someone special when he killed James. He was feeling his oats, right? But like the armies of Pharaoh were nothing compared to the greatness of the Lord, nor was Herod anything compared to the will of the Lord being done. And you know, unless it's the Lord's will, no weapon formed against us will prosper. And in the end, we will end up with the Lord, come what may. That's where we're going. That's our destiny. Let's read on about Herod's fate, though, right? Verse 20. Now, Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. But they came to him with one accord, and having made Blastus the king's personal aide, their friend, they asked for peace because their country was supplied food by the king's country. So on a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not a man. The voice of a God and not a man. They're shouting this, right? Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. Now check this out. Verse 24. But, but the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem. And when they had fulfilled their ministry, and they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. So isn't it amazing that this world hated the apostles of Jesus. Of course, they hated Jesus too and killed him. They killed them. But nothing stops the word of God. Even today, as you are listening to me speak, you are hearing the word of God. You're hearing a message of hope in Jesus Christ. This world will indeed be against you if you stand upon the word of God. If you're submitting and committing your life to the will of God, this world will be against you. It will hate you. It may be family. It may be friends that turn against you. It may just be circumstances that seem just far too much for you to bear. But the Lord has made and will always make a way of escape for you. If you are in Christ today, your fate is sealed. Stay the course. Fight the fight. The Lord is for you. Stay in the Word of God. Stay in the Holy Scriptures. Stay in His will. When I say stay in it, be obedient to it. Be living what the Word of God says, right? Be still. Have peace in your heart as you press on in faith. And again, I know it's not easy. I know personally that it's not easy to press on in the faith, to stay the course. 
but be still and see what He will accomplish for you when you are submitted to His will. Let's close in prayer. Lord God, we thank you again for the opportunity that we have today to gather around your word. We thank you, Lord God, that you have not left us comfortless. You have not left us alone. You have given us your spirit. And today, as we read your word, the truth of your word, your spirit is doing something within our hearts and minds if we allow it to do so. And I pray for those that that may stumble upon this video, may come upon this audio, whichever the case may be, Lord, I pray that they will know that you are beginning or have already begun a good work in them, that you will be faithful to complete, Lord. Let your will be done as this teaching goes forth. Let your will be done in the hearts of all of us, Lord, we pray. And we thank you again for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, whichever the case may be. And uh, as I always say, if you need prayer, contact us. Go to our website, aloveoutreach.com, and uh, fill out the contact form. We'll pray for you, help you in any, any way that we can in your spiritual growth. Um, but we will call it quits for today, and we will see you next time.